Hey everybody and welcome back to Rock Video Rental. We are continuing with the Karate Kid series and today's episode is about the next Karate Kid from 1994. It is directed by Christopher Kane and the plot is Mr. Miyagi is back and he takes a new pupil under his wing, a troubled adolescent girl. Uh, the cast is Pat Morita as Mr. Miyagi. Hilary Swank as Julie Pierce, Michael Ironside as Dugan, and Constance Towers as Louisa. Um, man, that's pretty much it for the cast. It's kind of a smaller cast. You didn't include Chris <laughs> Conrad as Eric? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, we could mention him as well. Um, I don't know. I just picked like the first bunch that came up. No, that's uh, cool. Uh, it, it's this movie. I feel like is awkward on so many levels that even figuring out who should be included in the cast is kind of a an obstacle of its own. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have to mention this is really like what the second time I've seen this. I think. Yeah, it could have been the second time. At most, it was the third time. So, for me. Yeah, um, Michael Cavallari plays the head like d bag this time. Ned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess that'd be another one to mention. Uh, yeah, so I mean, this time around, you know, like the plot says, Mr. Miyagi is like he's back and he takes new pupil under his wing. Uh, yeah, Julie Pierce is like the granddaughter of a guy that. Mr. Miyagi served with in the war. Yeah. And like Mr. Miyagi taught the guy karate. Even though I swear, like in the first one, he's claimed that he's never taught anybody. I know. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> like he already taught Daniel. Yeah. Like it was strictly in the family. And then Daniel was like the first person outside the family to learn. Yeah. That's, that's what I took from it. Um, the story is now tainted. Yeah, and, like, so, Julie's, like, having a hard time in school and, like, dealing with the death of, death of her parents, I guess. Yeah, which... So, like, Mr. Miyagi have, gets recruited to, like, deal with her. <laughs> well, we have to talk about how just blatantly obvious they tried to add that... Um, I don't know, backstory into the dialogue. Cause when, um, Julie is arguing with her grandmother and goes to storm out of the house, her grandmother calls her by her mom's name. Yeah. And instead of just being like, that's not my name or stop calling me my mom's name or whatever. Yeah. She goes into this little spat of no, that's my mom's name. And she and my dad died in a car accident. And you have to, like, you have to learn how to deal with that or something. It's just like, what? That's no. Yeah. One of the things I put in this is the dialogue in this movie is just so so bad. Like it's awful. <laughs> it's, I almost feel like with a few other, if a few other things in this movie were different, this could have fallen under an awesomely bad movie review. Yeah. I think so. Um, I mean, a little less awesome, a little more bad. I'd yeah. Say. Uh, it's definitely corny. And uh, 
you know, I use this a lot when we do these kind of movies. It's a product of its time. Yeah. And it, it truly is. I mean, I mean, think it's the original Karate Kid is a, a little bit of its time as well with the corny soundtrack and, you know, yeah, kind of the, it, sort of the dialogue and stuff. But, you know, we said before when we did the first one that, you know, the message is still relatable. Mm-hmm. Where this one, it doesn't really have a message. Not really like the disappointing thing too. And gosh, we haven't even like gotten very far in the movie, but karate takes a huge backseat in this movie. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean that, gosh, I don't even know if you want to put like a percentage on it, but I'd say like karate was maybe 15 to 20% of this movie. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah. I'd say that's pretty much it. And then the rest of it's kind of just uh, Mr. Biagi and Julie's relationship together. And then a little bit of Julie and Eric shoehorned in there. And then Julie and her pet eagle. Yeah. Wait, was it an eagle or falcon? An eagle, a hawk, a falcon. I think it was a hawk. Yeah, I think it was a hawk. I don't know. But yeah, so anyway... Julie is living with her grandma and her grandma like contacts Mr. Miyagi to like deal with her, I guess. And so she's just going to like leave this girl with Mr. Miyagi. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, okay, you already know, you know, Mr. Miyagi, but like, when's the last time you saw him? People can change sometimes and you're just going to leave him like in charge of your, you know, your teenage granddaughter. Yeah. Uh, It's just, it's weird. And I don't know. She he tries to like get her to deal with her anger issues and coping with the loss of her parents and getting her life back on track. Um, as of course, you know, he does that through his karate training. After <laughs> she storms out of the house, almost gets hit by a car, and then jumps up onto the hood of it. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, like that impresses Mister Miyagi. And she says that, you know, her, was it her grandpa that trained her a little bit before he passed away? Uh, I think it was her grandpa trained her dad and then her dad taught her at a young age, but then he died. Yeah. So like, she's already got some kind of basis. Um, and then her school has like this crazy, almost military hall monitors <laughs> like a security led by Michael Ironside. Who's always great as a jerk, like as a bad guy. Oh, yeah. uh, and I mean, he's hamming it up in this movie too, but he's got like this crew of like alpha males that, you know, abuse their power. And no. it's really hard to figure out this Ned guy. Like, does he want to beat up Julie or does he want to go out with her? <laughs> yeah. I, I think he wanted her. Yeah. He wanted her to go out with her, but yeah, it's very, it's very weird. And then they add a layer of complexity and awkwardness where it's just like, they're pitting a boy against a girl in a fight. Yeah. Very odd. Um, I mean, how it's much not of like a, how much of a limp does Eric feel like, right? Where his girlfriend has to beat up the bully. 
Yeah, but it's it's okay because he got blinded by sand, so he has an excuse. Yeah. Oh, geez. So <laughs> she's got like this hawk that she rescued and then put on the roof of the school because there's a cage up there that like yeah. a, an old custodian used to have doves or something like that or pigeons. But there's no other pla- better place to keep it, even though you live in like probably a half a million dollar house. Yeah, it's I. The whole hawk thing is just unnecessary. Yeah, <laughs> and that's it, what I that's what I thought the first time I saw this. I'm like, this is a Karate Kid movie, and they're spending more time talking about the stupid hawk. <laughs> oh man! Well, they um, yeah, I kind of went back. Be- thought about it afterwards and i'm just like i mean it did not really add anything and the only thing i could think that contributed was to show that uh hillary swank's character julie wasn't a total jerk yeah like oh she is soft and caring but she has this tough exterior because she has to be tough because if you remove the hawk, she looks just like a jerk, like a complete jerk. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of in my notes, too. I said, Julie's kind of a bitch. <laughs> uh, so, like, this all boils down to where, you know, she gets kicked out of school and uh, Mr. Biagi, like, you know, gets a, her hawk back that they took to, like, animal control and they, he talks her into releasing the hawk. And then he takes her to like a monastery mm-hmm. to like help with her tr- her karate training. And that whole part in the movie is just so weird. So very weird. Uh, yeah. It's... Like a scene where they're sitting around a table and then she goes to kill a cockroach and a monk takes it and Mr. Miyagi explains like they value every form of life. No form of life should ever be taken. And then she's like, well, that's a stupid rule. And Mr. Miyagi's like, well, you know, I'm not a monk, but I still will live by their rules in their house kind of thing. And then she makes up for it by like finding a praying mantis and giving it to one of them. So, so weird, so cheesy. Yeah, and it's like one of those things, too, where it's just like, I mean, in all honesty, if someone's ignorant, you can't really, like, hold that against them. Like, they're, or if you want to say uneducated, whatnot, she didn't know that, and she wasn't, like, being a jerk. I mean, if she knew that ahead of time, pretty sure it probably wouldn't have happened. And then they acted like she was so offensive about it. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's there's so many weird things in this movie, uh, and all that you know. She goes back from the the monastery, and you know she's got kind of her life back on track. She's getting ready for a dance. Mister Miyagi gets her a dress. It's kind of like inappropriate for school. <laughs> <laughs> it's like super low cut and short and super tight, and I'm like, if that was real life that she would not be able to wear that school yeah probably Um, not that it reminded me of uh what is it marilyn monroe's yeah a little bit um and then like at the 
at the prom or the dance or whatever they're at, uh, the evil hall monitors show up and try to like start a fight and, uh, you know, basically she has to talk Mr. Miyagi into like letting her fight and she fights Ned and of course mm-hmm. beats him and yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a great way to sum it up. But you skip over some of the, like the most ridiculousness of the movie um, at that stage because she's at the dance with Eric mm. and then randomly, no explanation whatsoever. There is no like inclination on the guys planning or anything, but those douchebag hall monitors all of the sudden repel from the ceiling or bungee jump from the ceiling. Yeah, they bungee jump from the ceiling, and the one guy hits like a, like a trellis or something like that, and hurts his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, and um, they they're not like planning to. It doesn't appear like they're planning to attend prom. They're just like crashing it, and all they wanted to do was bungee jump into it, and then that that was it. That was their whole goal. And it's like, okay, what, what, like who? Yeah. And so, so she gets in trouble for potentially smoking on the premise. And then, um, the guy, uh, I can't remember. Oh, I had it written down here. Dugan and mm-hmm. his hall monitor group, um, re- you know, bungee jump from the ceiling and there's no repercussions from it. They like destroy <laughs> some of the set for prom Yeah, and, but nobody cares. Yeah. And like Dugan is like physically assaulting these high school kids that are part of like the hall monitor group like yeah. during training and then he puts them in danger by letting them bungee jump from the rafters mm-hmm. and there's no repercussions for that and then because you skipped to the part where you were saying and then uh julie had to fight ned and beat him and so on and so forth but then so they leave the prom he takes her home they're outside of her house. Ned shows up and smashes Eric's car's windows, mm-hmm. drives off, and Miyagi and Julie jump in the car to go chase him down, somehow figure out where he is, you know, however that works. Somehow figures out where he is, and he's getting the crap beat out of him, and so they rescue him. And... uh. Dugan just plays it off as he uh, Eric was the one being reckless, but whatever mm-hmm. that is. And then somehow that turns into, hey, Mr. Miyagi, let me fight this guy. Like, what? And then Dugan is like, yeah, uh, don't worry, Ned. Go ahead. Go beat up a girl. Like, that was his <laughs> that was his sole intention right there. It was just like, yeah, beat up a girl. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, <laughs> gosh. So... I kind of took down some notes of things that I thought were goofy in this movie, or just, you know, I mentioned the dialogue is terrible. Some of it's kind of racist, too. Uh, right towards the beginning, there's a scene where Mr. Miyagi is sitting down and having dinner with Julie's grandma. And she's like, More potatoes, Mr. Miyagi? And he's like, No, Miyagi Rice Man, remember? Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, that's kind of racist. And then there's a scene where. Miyagi's driving Julie in a car and like her birthday's coming up and he's like, I'll make you a special meal. And she's like, okay. And he's like, how about a tempura? And 
She's like, no. And he says, Sasumi Sushi, Teriyaki Hamburger, ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, this is racist. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, the 90s. Yeah, I mean, the the jump into tiger position onto the car, that was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And then, well, then, too, the part that I didn't mention earlier that made me laugh about that was the guy was freaking out so much. And he's like, oh, are you okay? Are you okay? And then he doesn't even, like, leave his car. He's like, I got to go, but are you okay? And they, he, I don't even know how many times he said, are you okay? Yeah. Probably, well, like, a dozen. Another thing that's funny with that scene is that she storms out of the house. The car comes at her. She jumps up onto the hood, and then she turns around and storms back in the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she's like, what, aren't you going to yell at me? It's like, no, you're okay. Usually yeah. that's a good thing. Right. Um, so some of the training in this kind of sucked. Mm, pretty much all um, of it. Yeah, pretty much. Because there's like the scene where she's babysitting and the boys are like throwing nerf balls at her and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, what was that all about? What was she supposed to learn from that? I don't know necessarily that that was really a learning thing. Because see, like, that's again another part where it's just like it seems like the karate took a back seat where I don't really think that was a training thing. I think that was more so like an attitude adjustment thing. Yeah. And that, but then the training that she actually did was such a small part. I cannot believe in any form of reality that she would be able to uh, compete against Ned in real life circumstances. No, not at all. Like if she did training like Daniel did in the first one, where it was all that work, all that time over months, then it'd be like, okay, I mean, you know, that that makes it more believable. But she did, what, like two, three weeks? Yeah, if that. And they didn't even show much. Like, she learned how to jump off a rock and kick. (laughs) And then she learned how to listen for... Movement. Movement. And essentially, that was her training. Pretty much. And then she learned kata. Oh, yeah. That was pretty much it. Um, And she learned how to babysit, I guess. Uh, (laughs) Man, some other things, too. Like, the whole character of Eric. Like, they really didn't flesh out their relationship because, like, all of a sudden, she just, like, is in love with him. She goes, like, from meeting him and thinking he's kind of a jerk to all of a sudden... She's like head over heels in love with this guy. And I don't really get how we got from point A to point B. Well, the the way that I took that was I remember how girls used to be in high school. So I could totally find that believable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, we talked a little bit about the the monks. Um, what about the scene where they shoot an arrow at Mr. Miyagi's chest and he catches it? Yeah. Like, what was the point in that? To show that he's, you know, he's got speed. But I at guess. the same time, like, that could have went terribly wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, like, there was no application to it. Like, a lot of the times in the other movies, when Mr. Miyagi would do something, there would be some form of application. Oh, yeah. Like, the crane technique and the drum technique and uh, the kata. Yeah. And then, the like, the splitting the log kind of the thing. 
um, they like talk about it, reference it, and then it comes up later and everything. That had nothing to do with anything. That was just no, kind of really. like we need we need a, a little bit of a wow factor because this movie sucks. <laughs> Uh, so kind of a running thing in the series, especially in the first one, is the magical hand rub thing that Mr. Miyagi does. Yeah. He does it to a hawk in this movie <laughs> <laughs> to heal its wing. I'm pretty sure if he did the same kind of maneuver and force on that hawk, he would have like torn the wing off of it. <laughs> Probably, but he's magical Mr. Miyagi, so... The hawk was fine and it could soar through the sky. Yeah. And the last thing I got in here that really kind of made me roll my eyes was Zen bowling. Oh my gosh. The monks and Mr. Miyagi go bowling. Mm -hmm. And oh my gosh. So, like, these monks are bowling with their eyes closed because they can just like feel what's happening. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's because of their training. Oh, yeah. Because if you train karate, that makes you good at bowling. Mm hmm. Man, I like we could go through here and list all the things throughout this movie, like the main scenes and how they don't pertain to karate whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and I'm having a uh, having a hard time thinking of things that actually did pertain to karate. Um, I could probably count on one hand the scenes that included something actually specifically for karate and that's that just makes me sad that a karate <laughs> kid movie got to that point the next karate yeah. kid movie had next to no karate yep karate kid hillary swank version <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i mean essentially it's it is and should be its own separate movie because no offense the only similarity that the uh, common factor that this has with the other ones is the character, Mr. Miyagi. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I will say that I thought Hillary Swank is a better athlete than Ralph Macchio. Yeah. Yep. I, uh, I can agree with that. Yeah. She was a little more believable, I guess. Um, and you know, I, I guess we can get into talking about the good parts of it. I guess one kind of funnier thing is something I never thought I'd see is a group of monks dancing to dreams by the cranberries. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't think I got that when I was a kid and I watched it. Yeah, I didn't either. The first time I saw it and I watched it, you know, for the review and I just started laughing. I'm like, this is probably something that nobody ever thought they'd see. Uh, you know, I can't say like this movie it's bad and like the dialogue's terrible, but the acting isn't like overall that bad. Like I thought, you know, Mr. Miyagi, Pat Morita's Mr. Miyagi is, is always good. Mm-hmm. His dialogue, not as good this time, but like his acting ability is still there. Um, and I thought Hillary Swank did a really good job in this. Yeah. There were for, a couple for of an times. early for an early role, but it's some of it's kind of hard to gauge because the dialogue is just so bad. Yeah, exactly. Her acting was good. The dialogue was bad, and then that caused some of the execution in some parts to be bad. Like, I still go back to when she was talking about how her parents died and things like that at the early part of the movie. Yeah. So. I think this might have been, like, her first lead role. 
because she was in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie as like kind of a a lower level supporting character. Okay. She was like one of Buffy's four friends or something. <laughs> Cause I just watched that one not too long ago, late last year. Uh, you know, and I thought the the character of Ned, he wasn't too bad. He was he was a real jerk and ma- like made you hate him. But at the same time, he was kind of corny and, you know, like we like to say, over the top. Yeah. Uh, and the guy who played Eric was a likable guy. I thought he yeah. did a decent job. And, you know, Michael Ironside's always good as a bad guy, even if he's just hammy as hell in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Chris Conrad, uh, Eric's character. I know him from something else. I am not sure. I know he was in um, Mortal Kombat. Oh, man. But he was also in Clear and Present Danger, so I don't know if that's where I'm picking up on it from. <clears throat> but ironically enough, because I watched the, uh, the next Karate Kid a couple weeks ago, and I did not take time to refresh on it because I did not want to watch it again um, since we were uh, recording a little bit later than we expected. But uh, since I watched the movie, though, I have watched the show and ironically enough he's in it is he really i didn't notice that uh yeah so i'll I'll be talking about that when we do some other episodes in the future but yeah i thought it was pretty funny where i was just like wait a minute that's him again (laughs) oh that's hilarious uh man i guess you know the soundtrack wasn't horrible there you know Dreams by the Cranberries is a good song. Uh, and there were some other things, too. It was just like, you know, this isn't that bad. You know, I could I could listen to this. But, you know, mostly because I like some pretty terrible music at times. Uh, definitely not as good as, uh, you know, like the first movie. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. It was... It was decent, but yeah, definitely didn't live up to the first movie and even the second movie. Uh, the third movie soundtrack really took a nosedive, and this one kind of followed that trend, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, I can kind of see why they decided not to make another one after this. It was <laughs> called The Next Karate Kid, and it was also the last Karate Kid until the remake. <laughs> yeah. The, the name should have been The Last Karate Kid. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so I guess I can just dive into some trivia here. So Daniel LaRusso, obviously not in this movie. Um, it was presumed that he kind of just went away to college. Mm-hmm. That Because Mr. Miyagi says something when he walks in on Julie when she's changing. <laughs> <laughs> he said that he you know he used to live with a boy named Daniel-san. And that's really all he does, like mentioning him. Uh, so at the time, Ralph Macchio was 28. So he was really kind of too old to be a karate kid and that he like publicly stated that he was not interested in becoming the Sylvester Stallone of karate kid movies. <laughs> and then 24 years later, he ended up being a Cobra Kai. So that's kind of funny. Yeah. I think enough time has passed. There's going to, I'm, we'll talk about that more in the next episode, but I'm kind of curious on like, if it's all, a lot of people going to that show for the nostalgia or a lot of new people are watching it. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, that's what I think. So John Avildsen was originally slated to direct it, but he 
dropped out to make the movie eight seconds, which is about uh, bull riding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and honestly, it's probably a better decision because eight seconds is a de- decent movie if you've never watched it. I think it did. Not sure. Yeah. Um, so the fight choreographies gave Hillary Swank a pink belt, which isn't like an official belt, but they <laughs> thought that she like deserved something for like her mastery of the flashy techniques, but she didn't learn like any of the basics. Here is an off white belt. Yeah. <laughs> a beige belt. <laughs> uh, so yeah, cause she trained like for five hours every day with Pat E. Johnson, the guy who was the referee in the, you know, in the other movies. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah he said that she was so good that he, he trained her for one more year. She could have competed nationally. Hmm. So, uh, more with Hillary Swank. Uh, she actually did the pose for the poster, that flying, ki- that flying kick. Oh, nice. Um, for real, and like she got hurt from it. Oh gosh. She said that like, after the pose was captured, that she was so sore, like from like her muscle stretching, that she was unable to sit down for a while. Uh, ouch. Yeah. So the song "Fascination" that Mr. Miyagi turns on when he's teaching Julie how to dance. Is the mm-hmm. same song that Johnny and Allie uh, danced to at the country club in the original Karate Kid. And mm. is also playing on the radio in the car that picks up Daniel and Mr. Miyagi when they arrive in Okinawa in part two. That's that's kind of funny. Yeah. Too bad it didn't make an appearance in part three. <laughs> right. It could have covered the entire series. Uh, so Hillary Swank thought she was originally... Au- auditioning to be uh daniel larusso's girlfriend oh because like in the paper i guess it just said like girl needed for karate kid or something like that oh and then she found out later that you know no actually you're going to be the main character <laughs> <laughs> so how, this is the what how old was she at the time Do you know oh that's a good question i think she actually was a teenager so she um, fit a little bit better than Daniel did. Yeah. So uh, this movie had a $12 million budget and only made 15.8 in the box office. Yeah, I saw so, that. Yeah, it's the least profitable of the bunch. Ouchie. So do you want to get into grades? Uh, sure. All right. So I pulled from IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think those are? Um, IMDb... Oh, let's go with the uh, 3.4. It is a 4.5. Wow, really? Okay. Yeah, so Rotten Tomatoes is critic and audience. What do you got for those? Uh, I think I may have seen the critic. Okay. Uh, are we in single digits? Yes, we are. Okay, then it's seven? Yep, seven. Yeah, I saw that. Um. And I feel like that's justifiable <laughs> uh, for the uh, fans or what's it called? Audience. Audience. Um, 17. 24. Ooh, it cracked yeah. into the 20s. Okay, so we'll get into our grades. I'll get mine first. Um, this is not a movie that I enjoy. I don't think it's horrible. Um, there's a lot of things in it that are like so bad that they're funny. Uh, and, you know, some of the acting in it isn't that bad. So, I mean, the lowest I could probably give it is a one. 
I kind of went with one rock out of five. Okay. Yeah, so kind of gradual decline from the first one. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. I kind of feel like once you get below two that it shouldn't be rock. It should just be numerical because there's nothing (laughs) rock about it. Yeah. Except for rock bottom, maybe. (laughs) Pretty much. Um. I am right there with you because I'm giving this uh, one out of five rock because I and the way I'm viewing this, too, I don't know if you did it as well, but I'm looking at this as a part of the series. Yeah. Uh, If this if this was a movie by itself, I could have maybe given it a one point five. At most, maybe a two, but probably just like bump it up uh, half a point. Mm hmm. But since it is called a part of the Karate Kid series, yeah, I had to go at least down to one. I was even tempted to maybe go down to 0.5. Yeah, so, I could see that. Because just like comparing it with everything else and how far it distanced itself from all the other ones, uh, not just even from the quality, but just even, like I said, the content. I mean, Karate was such a small part of it. I mean, come mm-hmm. on. I mean, it's called the next karate kid. So, yeah. Um, something I found out just to point out to you real quick. Uh, Hillary Swank was 20 when she did. Okay. Yeah. Close. Yeah. But yeah. So that kind of wraps up the series. Um, next time, I mean, we'll talk about, uh, Cobra Kai and kind of do like a wrap up the series in general. And actually I'll mention a little bit about the remake because I actually got around to watching it for the first time. Yeah. So I'll give a little info on that, but if we can decide, you know, what our favorites and least favorites of the series are, kind of like little categories like we did with Friday the 13th. But um, yeah, so guys, listen, next time we'll do a wrap up, talk about Cobra Kai, all that kind of stuff. Uh, until then, be kind and rewind.